0: you know, at parties, everybody's supposed to be very happy. But perhaps you dislike them as much as I do. Still, as far as go, I think it might have been worse. Do you? It very nearly was a great deal worse. Oh. Thank you. Where it appears to be treated to a little dancing exhibition. But now I understand where to be spared that horror. Mr.
1: Lamontoff, I am that horror.
0: <laughs> it's a bit late for apologies, isn't it?
1: Yes, a little late, I think.
0: Well, Sam, I'm sorry. I'm terribly sorry.
1: But you're not sorry I didn't dance, are you? Oh. May I ask why?
0: And because, my dear Miss, uh, Miss.
1: Victoria Page.
0: My dear Miss Page, if I accept an invitation to a party, I do not expect to find myself at an audition. Yes. You are quite right. Why do you want to dance?
1: Why do you want to live?
0: I don't know exactly why, but uh, I must.
2: That's my answer too.
1: Welcome to another episode of A Thousand and One by One, where each week we take a film out of the book, A Thousand and One Movies You Must See Before You Die, discuss it, analyze it, and ultimately decide whether or not it should be in the book. My name is Adam St. John.
0: My name is Britt Reinhold-Thompson.
2: And I'm Joey Rogate.
0: And today, we are going to be taking a look at 1948's The Red Shoes, a a movie about ballet, love, and what it means to be an artist. But I guess before we jump into that discussion we shall have, why don't we uh, go around and talk about our our recommendations for the week. Uh, Adam, do you want to start?
1: Oh, sure. It's, uh, you know, most of what I've watched has been very much... Kind of related or tangentially related to The Red Shoes, whether thematically or the year. Uh, and, and some of those things are in the book, so I'm not really going to – I can't use those as my recommend. So really the only thing I've seen lately uh, that I that I actually really enjoy has nothing to do at all with shoes or dancing uh, and nothing like that. Um, and this is a movie I have to assume you, you both have seen, and I'm just getting to it now, but that's also where I've been um, – my recommendation is a film from this year. It's a little movie called Smile.
0: I actually haven't seen oh, Smile yet. Ooh.
2: Oh, wow. I'm a big fan of Smile. Kevin Bacon's daughter crushes it.
0: I mean, I've heard it's awesome. I just haven't gotten around to it.
2: So surprising how good it is. Yes. Um.
1: Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so I don't really... I'm going to read just the first little paragraph of the the wikipedia thing here uh, so um, at a a psychiatric ward stressed and overworked psychiatrist Dr. Rose Cotter meets with Laura Weaver a PhD student who had several days earlier witnessed her art history professor die by suicide Laura claims that an entity taking the form of smiling people is stalking and telling her that she is going to die soon thereafter Laura begins screaming hysterically and has a seizure after Rose calls for help she sees Laura standing and and grinning um uh things happen uh, and then the uh the overstressed doctor gets some time off and in in that time off discovers um the history of the smile um and it's it's a horror flick so i, do, I try to sp- stay spoiler free as much as i can and it's it's a new movie i was expecting at best to think this is a passable friday night movie um but i i really enjoyed it um and so did melissa and we're also big fans and we actually did a special episode of it on our on our show of it follows um which if you and and so britney you're given if you like it follows there's no way you're not gonna like smile it's got a very similar like you like you can't outrun this it's just so like all you can do is like you can try to deal with it but you cannot run it um and and exactly uh is Sosie? i can't is it socy bacon socy yeah. um she's really good in it um and it's nobody actually is bad um cal pen
2: <laughs> cal pen is a little um miscast maybe i don't know he doesn't really know what he's doing there but he does it well yeah like he's not sure why he's there like the scene outs the the, the the last time we see him outside the hospital he's he's confused but
1: he works <laughs> uh and, and so yeah i don't want to go into any more uh detail but i believe it's on paramount plus uh or i mean you yeah. could rent it or whatever but if you have that um and if you haven't seen it this is such a great like and and I think it's still playing in theaters. This movie has made fucking bank. It it on a seventeen million dollar budget. It's made over two hundred million dollars, um, which is yeah. which is really cool. Um, and that's I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's, you- genre movies and Marvel movies. You can bank on those apparently in the movie theaters nowadays. <laughs>
2: it's unbelievable. And did you, they this was supposed to be just a Paramount plus release but they did test screenings that went so well they realized they had to put it out in theaters and it was absolutely the right move yeah it, it.
0: I'm so bummed I missed it like I I didn't it might still be out but I'm probably not gonna go see it uh it's on Paramount I'll, plus yeah I'll do that but I've heard such good things about it Ugh. uh I will watch it well, this yeah, week. here
1: this is here's well here's an official official endorsement from me and Joey that you should you should check out smile
0: then I definitely I was, will.
2: So I didn't get on it right away because I was worried it was going to feel like uh, It Follows Ripoff. And I was like, uh, and no, it's absolutely not. It's its own movie. Yes. And just like It Follows, I want prequels and sequels. Like, I want to go to Smile Brazil. I want to, <laughs> like, I want the world. And um,
0: yeah, I, I think it. they did a,
2: a really good movie where, you know, like horror movies are supposed to be. I was uncomfortable the entire time.
0: Ooh, ooh, oh, I like that You know
1: what, I, And I, I, that's such a great way to talk about it Because I, I would say the same thing Because I rarely, I rarely get scared Like, I rarely get scared Me too And, and this movie, I, I, this movie elicited no less than four s- jumps at Like, I literally was like, fuck, multiple times in the movie Which is, it's pretty uncommon nowadays So, yeah, like, I'm all on the smile trade Love That's that.
0: awesome what a great endorsement for Smile. Uh, Joey, what do you got for us?
2: So I'm also um, recommending a new movie. It was a movie I saw in theaters last week, and something that I had, I didn't know what to expect going in. The Menu, directed by Mark Mylod, starring Ralph Fiennes, starring Anya Taylor-Joy, Nicholas Holt. I went into this movie not knowing what it is. I just like the people involved. I at no point in the movie knew what was going to happen next, and I loved every single second of it. I had so much fun going to this remote island just with a bunch of rich people at this fancy elite restaurant. And at no point did I think, "I okay, yeah, I know what's coming next. And I was wrong every time. They did a great job. Everybody was just, everybody was through the roof. I, I can't say enough about every performance and... Um, I can't say anything I don't want to say anything more about it because I think if I knew anything about it, it. You. I want to be. You want people to be surprised with it, but it's definitely something I really recommend people seeing, and it's coming out in a time where, all these potential Oscar movies are coming out. So I. I, I worry it's going to get lost because it's 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 really great.
0: I want to. See, I was supposed to go see that last week, and then um, unfortunately I was not able to join my friends. So. They all saw it. They all loved it, and I'm I'm behind on this one again. Two horror movies I haven't seen. Ugh, what am I? I am not a horror fan anymore. Apparently, I do really want to see that movie though. It looks it looks great. I've heard um, great things about it.
2: Yeah, everybody. I mean, Ralph Fiennes always always delivers. I,
0: oh, he's so good.
1: As soon as it's available on 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 streaming, because I I live in the middle of fucking nowhere. I I will be uh, <laughs> I will be watching it because I again I. Get, I I, like Joey, what you've said. I've the, all I've heard is that it's it's unpredictable in a fun
2: way. Yeah, it's just so much fun. Like, things happen, and I just like at one point I just started. It was just me and this. It was me and two other people. And at one point, I just started hysterically laughing, and then they started laughing because it fit. It it wasn't silly at all. But I was just like I was so thrown off that that's where they went next. They got me, and I was just I was just like giggling in there. Like I had so much fun with this.
0: I love that. I love those kind of movies that elicit those reactions that you don't necessarily expect to have, but they get it out of you. And it's I feel like that's one of the reasons to watch movies, right, to to have those emotions that you don't necessarily expect, which kind of does go into my recommendation for the week. So obviously, I watched a lot of dance movies this week and a lot of movies about tortured artists. Um and I was six, so I could watch as many as I wanted, basically, because I, I wasn't working most of the time. So I re-watched a movie that I saw in theaters a couple years ago, and I was obsessed with it when it came out, and I'm still obsessed with it. So this uh, today, I'm going to recommend 2018 Suspiria, starring Dakota Johnson, Tilda Swinton, and Scream Queen Supreme, Mia Goth. And... In case anybody isn't aware, Suspirio follows the story of Susie, who is an American woman who runs away to Germany in order to join this illustrious dance company called the Marcos Dance Company, which also happens to be run by a coven of witches. And that actually isn't giving anything away because they tell you that basically at the beginning of the movie, almost everything in this film works for me. Um... It's heartbreaking, it's savage, it's engrossing, and it cultivates in one of the most intense and visceral climaxes I've ever seen. It completely transfixed me. It casts a spell over me, if you will. Uh, I'm I'm obsessed with Suspiria, and I feel like if you like witches, if you like dance, if you like disturbing imagery, Watch this film. It's great. I mean, almost everything works for me. The only thing that doesn't is the score, and I think that's because you really can't mess with Goblin. Like, the nineteen seventy seven had had Goblin do their do it, and it was just that score is too good. So, but yeah, no, mine is a twenty eighteen Suspiria. Big surprise. I like that film, friends. I
1: didn't not like it, and to be t- to be totally honest, I. I don't remember all of it. I it, that's uh, that's Luca Guadagnino, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I I probably need to give it a rewatch. I I remember being psyched about it and thinking, yeah, that was okay. Like like in a because there's usually like there's the oh yeah that was okay, but like with well, a womp womp at the end of it. But no, I remember feeling like that was okay, but I definitely have not revisited it since it 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 it, it was like a prime exclusive, right?
0: It it will it- yeah. I believe so. Um, it's still on Prime. Um, I actually went with a bunch of Amazon employees to go see it because a friend of mine, uh, they were having a test screening and a friend Sancy. of mine uh, yeah, said, hey, do you want to go? It's a horror movie. And I said, are you kidding? I've been waiting for this movie forever because I love 1977's Suspiria. And I actually think I prefer this one to the 77, um, which is saying a lot because I love the 77 version. I just think... This is a a better film personally. I think it's put together beautifully. I think it's the acting I did not expect Dakota Johnson to be good. I actually thought, whoa, she's gonna be totally miscast, and she was fantastic. Um, yeah, no, I loved it, but it's the kind of movie I like. She's up there with you know Susie's up there with a uh, Danny and with Thomason for me. I just i love I love those <laughs> those creepy ladies.
2: I saw this for the first time this October. Um, I'd never i seen the original a bunch of times. I, I ended it, I was like, I like that. And then I didn't, I don't know, it didn't really stick with me a ton. But I enjoyed it, like I enjoyed watching it. I, I also thought Dakota Johnson was not going to work and I thought she was great. She was Mia Goth is just, she's awesome in everything. So, but, yeah, I, like, I was like, oh, that's good. And then I just went and watched the original one again. But I do think all, <laughs> this one's a better movie.
0: I love the original. I actually re the original today. I just like had it on in the background while I was working, and I still love it. But there's something so beautiful about this one. But we're not talking about Suspiria today. We're actually talking about the red shoes. So do you all want to get into it? Are we ready?
2: Yes. I, I think right? we have to be. Yes.
0: <laughs> all right. Let's get into the beautiful Technicolor world of the red shoes so i have a question for both of you do you like lists out of curiosity
1: i i love lists
0: okay great great. big
1: fan i'm all about lists
0: great great two out of three is not bad um but i put aside how i feel about lists and i found a couple to be perfectly honest there weren't very many lists that had this movie on them that i could find and most of them were about technicolor movies which fine this is a Technicolor Masterpiece, right? But I did find a list of ballet movies and I decided, screw the Technicolor lists, I'm going to do ballet movies. So as a former ballerina, I have brought today a list from Parade.com of the best ballet movies. Number 12 is an animated film called Leap from 2017, which I haven't seen.
1: Uh, I have not either, but my my kids like it. Okay. there you go
2: I've never seen it never heard of
1: it
0: it it looks cute I, and i, I know be- that carly ray Jepsen, like a carly ray jepson song is in it and it's great i
1: believe it's leap because there's an exclamation point at the end of it
0: oh damn it you're right oh god thank you acting teacher leap. for telling me <laughs> there you go there you go um so at number 11 is the misty copeland documentary a ballerina uh, a ballerina's tale which is great if you haven't seen it i have not at number 10 is a personal favorite of mine, uh, Center Stage from 2000, <laughs> which ha- definitely has some influence from the Red Shoes, let me tell you. Um, then at number nine is another documentary called First Position, which is about like six dancers entering the profession. Uh, at number eight, we have 2018 Suspiria. Okay. And at number 7, we have 1977's Suspiria, which I'm glad they put both on there because I, I do feel like they're two separate movies. They really don't coexist and that's fine. They don't need to. Yeah. At number 6, we have Billy Elliot, which is also a fantastic musical. I if you ever... I haven't seen the movie.
2: Really? Yeah. yeah, I don't know that. I, I know it, I just haven't seen it.
0: You know, I I would I would recommend it. I actually really like Billy Elliot. I think it's it's It got great. a
1: bunch of Oscar attention the year it came out. Yeah.
0: It's, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it for a long time. Now, maybe I should have rewatched it for this, but it's, it's. I think it's good. And the musical's great. I love the music from it. So highly recommend seeing that if it's in town sometime. Uh, number five, five, fine. fine. <laughs> number five is The Turning Point from 1977. I haven't seen it, but it was up for a bunch of Oscars. At number four is Limelight from 1952. Is that the Chaplin film? Yep, it is. Oh shit! All right, I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. That that, that is know.
1: definitely a blind spot for Chaplin for me. Me too. I mean,
0: to be perfectly honest, Chaplin is a blind spot for me. So.
1: Mm. Oh, City Lights! Just ah, oh, City Lights is so yeah. Bad. Maybe City I'll Lights
2: watch is that fantastic. Some, a, Chaplin's a lot of fun.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure. It's just one of those things I never got around to. Oh, no. I
2: totally get it. You can't watch everything.
0: No, you can't. Especially when you watch every horror movie (laughs) under the sun like I do. Except Except for the the two we brought up today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, At number three, we have The Company from 2003. I really enjoyed that film as well. Um, At number two, not a surprise, we have Black Swan. And then at number one, we have The Red Shoes.
1: So, uh, Brittany, I'm, I, 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 I want to I jump in on the list thing here. And it, by the time this is released, it is not going to be topical anymore. But uh, the, the most recent Sight and Sound uh, poll has come out, the 100 best films. And I do want to say that Red Shoes made both the critical and director's list. Um, yeah. It is tied That's- for 67 on the critics and tied for 72 on the directors.
0: Great for the Red Shoes. That's awesome. I did. I I do think I read that, but
2: I, I did. <laughs> I don't
0: did have a vote apparently. You just get my opinion of this film from that.
2: <laughs> I,
1: I I might have. I might have.
0: So the uh, the cast and crew of this film it, it was written, directed, and produced by Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger, with additional dialogue by Keith Winter. Music was by Brian Easdale director of photography was Jack Cardiff, editing was by Reginald Mills, the production design and uncredited the costuming was by Hein Heckroth, and the art direction was by Arthur Lawson. And now we get into the the hard names. So Anton Walbrook was uh, Boris Lermitov, Marius Goring as Julian Craster, Moira Shearer as Victoria Page, Robert Helpman as Ivan Boleslavsky, Leonid Massine as Grisha Lubov, Albert Baserman as Sergei Ratov and Ludmila. I'm just gonna call her Ludmila, y'all, and Ludmila as Irina. Am I missing anybody on that?
1: No. no, I think that's. I think those are your your the the biggies there.
0: I mean, really, the three are Boris, Julian, and Vicky. Like, they're the big right. three That's... of the movie anyways. But the other people do come in and out.
1: Well, and it's, it's, we it's ha- almost impossible to talk about this movie and, and as we without talking about Robert Heltman and, and uh, Leonid Messine uh,
0: oh. later on. but. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so with Accolades, this was actually a pretty lauded film. It has been for, for many years. Um, At the Academy Award, it was up for best picture, best original score, and best film editing. It did not win any of those, but it did win best original score and best art direction, which I, I agree with. I think that the art direction of this film and the score were beautiful.
1: Uh, can I, can I nerd out for just, for just one second?
0: Absolutely. Please do. So
1: I I have a book that I, I have never mentioned the entire time this podcast has been in existence. And, and so I, I delved into it, uh, earlier this week. Uh, and it's this book by Variety and it basically breaks down every year and every year's sort of like award, award season. Um, and so I went, I went to our year in 1948, uh, In which two films that were produced by the rank organization um hamlet and the red shoes which were british films um were were big dogs that year at the at the oscars and so as i was reading this um i thought it was interesting that uh at the oscars variety reported many expressions of distaste for british films because of a general belief that english film tycoons have hurt the foreign market for american pictures it then goes on to say um, that uh, having less money to spend, Oscar leaders couldn't afford the 6,000-seat Shrine Auditorium. They moved the ceremony to the smallish Academy Theater. It says the audience, which was normally in the thousands, was only had about 950 there and were, um, were not there almost out of protest in a sort of uh, anti-English um, view of the Academy Awards that year which wow. I did not know. Pr- I mean, I knew wow. that Hamlet won, uh, but I was unaware of the general distaste for British film coming out at that time.
0: I had no <laughs> well, idea that
1: this
2: drama Hamlet is super American story. So,
1: well, but it's, it's so interesting too, because, and, and I, I, I will, well, and maybe I, I'll bring this up now. Cause I, I do want to bring up that. Um, so Powell and Pressburger do, they do have a bunch of films in the book. Um, uh, the life and death of Colonel Blimp. I know where I'm going. Uh, Black Narcissus. And we've covered two on the show. Now Peeping Tom is just a Powell film, um, but we covered a matter of life and death on the show uh, pretty early on, and it was it was a discovery for me. I'd never seen it before, and I I love this film. Um, and I watched it again last night, and I I still love this film. And what I like about it so much is that what it's trying to do, and I have another stupid scholarly book I'm going to pull over here in a second. Um, but uh, I, *A Matter of Life and Death* was really trying to sort of um, bring the Allies together because the war was just ending. This was 1946, and it's it's very much about Americans and English and and like let's let's be friends. Um, and that's really what the movie's about. Um, and so after that movie, I'm just so surprised that like maybe not the Americans were like yeah 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 fuck you. <laughs> which was just like ooh, that's harsh
0: that is extremely harsh I I I, it's a little embarrassing to be perfectly honest I'm like wow we were kind of jerks weren't we
1: sorry I just I had to bring I've had no reason to bring up this book before in my life and I'm like I'm gonna do it I'm gonna talk about how the Americans did not go to the Oscars the year that Hamlet and the Red Shoes were up for for best picture
0: (laughs) that's so bonkers Oh my but it God. seems fitting
2: somehow as well in the most uh, just um,
0: absurd way.
2: Yeah. yeah. Egregious. Much better word. Yes, but it, it's <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, no, that is something that unfortunately happens.
0: Oof. Oof. Well, thank you for sharing that uh, nugget of knowledge. I had no idea that we had such beef with the Brits in like 1948, 1949 in the film industry. Well,
2: okay, so... I wonder if that's in the Oscars Museum. <laughs> well can i so this
1: no i'm gonna save this I've, I've i've a thought and i'm gonna save it for later i'm saving it for later okay,
0: okay. well then on that should we move on to the um imdb top 250 is this in the top 250 womp,
2: womp. i didn't look but i'm gonna say no
0: so for such a well-known and well-loved film i was really surprised that this wasn't in the top 250 because you know Joker's still in it <laughs> but um the red shoes is not <laughs> and and I'm not sure that I would put it in my own like top 250 but I am I'm, I'm I was genuinely surprised that it wasn't in this one like I I just assumed it would be there I I, I agree
1: I agree with the sentiment that, that with, with what you just said yeah
0: yeah I'm, so. I'm not
2: I'm not surprised this, I don't know. This this, not to get ahead, but I, I think this feels very much of its time.
0: Yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree. So on that note, um, did anybody find any reviews that they want to to read out for us uh, or discuss? Again,
1: uh, this is uh, the first time this season I've been able to crack this out because my good friend, Bosley Crowther. Uh, yes. Did did review this movie? Uh, so from his original New York Times review, I won't read the whole thing because it's pretty long. Uh, but I'm going to read a few a few paragraphs here. If you, <clears throat> over the years, there have been several movies in which attempts have been made to capture the spirit and the beauty, the romance and the enchantment of the ballet. And inevitably, in these pictures, ballets have been performed a few times with charm and sincerity, but more often and unfortunately, without. However, has there, there has never been a picture in which the ballet and its special magic would have been so beautifully and dreamily presented as in the new British film, The Red Shoes. In certain respects, the whole picture, which Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger make, seems to have the construction and the flow of a romantic dance. For not only is the story a frankly sentimental affair, true to the staunchest conventions of triumphal love and bitter tears, but it is played by a splendid cast of actors who have the grace and the pace of dancers themselves. Indeed, many of them are dancers, and is natural, and they frequently perform so that the rhythm and movement of their dancing transmits easily into the dramatic scenes. And then it finishes the last paragraph here. Much could be said of the whole decor, which is set off to brilliant effect by properly used Technicolor and the music of the ballet. Much could be said on the direction of Mr. Pal and Mr. Pressburger, but right now we must be contented with repeating that the Red Shoes is one that you must see. So Bosley Crowther liked the movie. He enjoyed it. Loved that movie! He, quite, quite, a, quite, a, quite a lot, he did. <laughs>
0: He really did. (laughs) I actually found, I don't know if either of you found this, but many reviews that I found were just glowing. They were glowing about this film. I actually found one from 2009. Um, The Guardians' Peter Bradshaw reviewed it, and he said it was profoundly serious, sublimely innocent, and yet deeply and mysteriously erotic. This is a compelling parable of the destructive demands made upon, uh, made by art upon the artist and upon performing artists expected to sublimi- sublimate their emotions into quasi-sexual submission to their director, a parable that seems to change into a portrait of psychotic disorder or actual demonic possession. And I was floored by that review
2: i don't i don't think i watched that movie
0: <laughs> well that, that, literally that's what i said it was like I, i've kind of found these kind of reviews echoed all over and i don't think i watched the same film as this guy at all like i i didn't get that uh i'm He's, glad um, he did but i i um, did not
2: and good for him but I, I you know i think one of the things for me this this movie really struggled with was the relationships. While they were fantastic dancers, I think that there was some struggle with human interaction at times where I didn't mm-hmm. believe that maybe this person was in any way interested in this other person or vice versa. Um, and that's where it really struggled. So reading and hearing that review is making me think a lot because I, I just didn't get that.
0: No, I didn't either. But that's why I wanted to share it too, so that I like, just, just in case someone else felt that way.
1: Well, you know, initially, initially, who did not like this film uh, were the Brits. Uh, yeah. Uh, they, so much, Which was so, crazy. They, I mean, it, they weren't even sure how to release it in America. And of course, and then they came over here, and it's so funny. Like, Americans loved it. It was one of the highest grossing films that year in America, and yet, oh no, so no, no, it's funny. no let's not. But if we're going to give we can't give it awards. No, 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 we can't do that.
0: Well, you know, it,
2: it's it's you know it's you know the film Twitter of nineteen forty eight avoided the Oscars while normal people watched it and loved it, and I, you know it's might be some of the sight and sound criticism as well.
0: <laughs> oh, fair. Well, are we ready to get into a nice long discussion about these red shoes?
2: Indeed, let's go.
0: All right. Well, I'll say very quickly the plot of The Red Shoes is basically that The Red Shoes follows the rise and the star, the fall of a young prima donna named Vicky who must choose between her love of dance and the love of her life. And that that's basically the plot of the the movie with a really incredible dance sequence smack dab in the middle of it. Are there do you all have any just like takeaways you want to throw out right away?
1: Uh, I think I'm going to be on the opposite side of you two again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I, so I'm not really sure. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I, I don't know what I'm going to do with this film. I'm hoping that our discussion will help me because I think I could go either way on it. So I'm really excited to dive into these topics with you both because I'm not sure how I feel about this film. I appreciate the technicolor. I appreciate the incredible cinematography. The art direction is is out of this world. And the the dancing, the fact that they created an entire dance company for this film is just a feat in and of itself. But I'm not sure what, I feel like I'm still longing for something in this film. There's still something missing for me. And I'm not quite sure what it is. I'm not, I'm not sure why. But that—that that was my biggest takeaway—is that I kept looking for some a little bit more, and it, it wasn't there for me.
2: You know, for me, like I really loved the whole red shoes ballet sequence. I thought that was great. I loved watching Julian kind of take over and and put everything in, but and put his music to and and as it created. Like I love watching people create. I very much believe Vicky's passion for dancing. I do not believe her. F- torn between her loves. I, you know, I know they told us that, but I, I just don't think it was shown or believable where it really took me out we, because, you know, you put a twenty putting a 20-minute ballet in the middle of a movie takes a lot of balls. And I think they did a great job and I very much appreciate this movie. And, you know, I, I, I have stood up for American in Paris many, many, many times. So, you know, I, I will hold on to that here. Like, I... But... Moyer is great. There's no Gene Kelly, <laughs> but oh, you know it's, it's a oh, movie. It's a oh. <laughs> but it's it's. I, I think the relationships is where this really struggled for me. But I appreciate this movie very much. And what they did is an accomplishment. And you know, pulling a, an obscure Hans Christian Andersen because I didn't know this fairy tale before this movie. Yeah, did oh really? Ditto. I didn't either. No.
0: Oh god, I grew up with this fairy tale.
2: I it's never. It's so dark. I, it's so dark. It's really cool, and I, I like how they did it. Um, but I never, so it exposed me to that, which which is something.
0: I think Moyer is great. I I thought she was incredible, um, well, an incredible dancer. I didn't.
2: She's a fantastic dancer. Like I I, I loved her in Peeping Tom, so I you know, and it's her first movie. Like I, I don't think she was bad at all. I think she was very good. I very much believe her passion for dancing. Like the scene, um, after her first audition, after her first like practice when um Larentoff sees her and like kind of gives her the promotion. Like I, I really like what she does there.
0: I I also love the fact that they courted her for this movie for a year she refused over and over again because she was a professional ballerina. She didn't want to stop dancing and, and to stop being a prima ballerina to do a movie. She had no interest in being an actor. And um she didn't like the script at all. She thought the script was just schlocky. She didn't, she was like, this is unlike any dance company I've ever been a part of. I, I think that my fellow dancers will hate me if I'm in this because I'm promoting something that's not true. Which it's like, okay, come on, it's it's a movie. Like it's not gonna be real. Let's let's be honest about it. But I I I really think her her being the focal point of the entire ballet was incredible. That that is my <laughs> I guess I'll just say it now. That's my that's my favorite scene. Like
2: Me too. The whole ballet is my favorite scene by far. The entire
0: ballet. I will rewatch that over and over again because it's beautiful. It's she's just so evocative and so good in it. And I, oh God, I just the buildup to the ballet incredible. I loved it.
1: Uh, There's there are not enough good things to say about that that sequence. Um, And everything seems to be working at such a high, I mean, Jack Card of cinematography on top of Reginald Mills score on top of Easley's, Um, uh, uh, sorry, Reginald Mills editing and Easley score. Um, and, and, you know, I, I definitely, and, you know, to get like real kind of musical theater nerdy, I thought, um, uh, uh Messines, uh, Shoemaker had real MC cabaret vibes. Oh,
0: absolutely. Uh, which was
1: great. And, um, and you know, he him kind of just choreographing his own thing, uh, was neat. But what what was so great about it was that it it wasn't just ballet and it uh of course because of how it's edited, but it wasn't just film. And had it been just one or the other, I don't think it would have worked, but because it it is what it is, it, it becomes its own thing. Um, which is what I think makes that the dance so unique is because it's we're not just sitting there watching ballet. Which not not that it's not that's not that that's not entertaining, but it it it's used in the medium fairly well, and yeah, go no, go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just going to say that usually when when ballet is filmed before this and after, even now, it's all it's all static and from the audience's point of view and one thing they really wanted to do in this film was bring you into the headspace of a ballerina which does work so well when she's doing her pk turns during her solo in Swan Lake and the uh and and the the camera starts to spin yeah, with those her those whip
1: pans yeah in,
0: it's incredible. And it is the first time that I, I felt like, oh, I'm on stage with this person. I can see inside her head. And for 1948, where you did not get, you, you didn't get in the in the mindset of a ballerina, It that's incredible. And that was beautiful. And I loved everything about that. I wanted more of that throughout the, the movie. I didn't care about the dialogue. I didn't care about the drama. I didn't care about her and Julian at all. I just wanted to be with her almost I wanted I wanted more of what was inside her head
2: if this movie followed her solely I I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more see and
1: that's that's funny because I do think that this movie raises I, I think part of what kept me interested was some of the and it's not totally on the surface but some of the bigger questions about like what a producer does and the power given to him and also um you know, one thing that was I, I, that I think is sort of um, you, the the art and the artist and you know the open like you know um, why do you dance? Why do you live? Like that opening stuff. And it's you know we're getting early on that she want this is what she wants her future to be. Um, but one thing that in all and I I try to read as much as I could. I you know I have the criterion which Jesus Christ this restoration and I watched a, a demonstration of the restoration. Which is just again incredible, just like what this looked like prior to the restoration. It's just the work that they did is is obscene. Um, but um, we're also talking about like so. This movie is definitely from Vicky's perspective, and it's definitely like we you know like she's being and we can talk about that later. But you know pulled between her her love and her and her craft and and what does she want to do? But something that was really failed in any of the things I read is she's like these are all privileged people outside of maybe Julian Craster. Maybe I, we don't know enough of his backstory to maybe say that with a hundred percent of surety, but like Vicky only is where she is because she is from wealth and Lermontov has power. And as, and like as much as I have, and as, if you would like to hear it, I have a whole Lermontov Harvey Weinstein thing. I could go down here. Um,
0: Absolutely. I'm into but it. But it's,
1: but like, we're also just like watching people, like if Vicky didn't dance, if she never got in, Vicky would be fine. She, she would she'd be, be fine. totally fine. She'd go out to to Nice with her aunt and it, everything would be
2: lovely. Um so she'd marry some guy with more money than her aunt and be completely fine. So
1: so I mean that that's all there. Um but the the Lerman t- like I, so to, i i had I, I i talking to joey off mic about this a little bit like like i'm done with finals this week and I, I re-watched the movie today with commentary and i i read all my stupid shit and i i thought about lermontov as a character and i was like okay so this guy has all of the power he has all of the power but what does he do i mean what the fuck does this guy do and what i came to at least in my mind was that this is somebody who assembles people who are smarter and more talented than he is. That seems to be the thing that he is obscenely good at. And I could not help but make that overpowered Weinstein connection. Harvey Weinstein was a terrible human being, but he was good at spotting talent and putting talent together. I mean, there are so many people who are... Probably now unfortunately owe their career to Harvey Weinstein what a fucked up thing to say um, and in this world that's the same thing with Lermontov I think a lot of people and I, I'm gonna get the name wrong so I gotta scroll back up here to make sure I get it right um, uh, Arena um, despite the fact that she seems very talented seems like she might not be getting the kind of work that she was getting now that she got married and somehow spurned Lermontov despite the fact that all she did was Find some guy she likes.
0: I actually have a a historical point to that. Exactly. I think you're spot on, Adam, because Lermontov is actually based on Sergei Diaghilev. Sergei Diaghilev, who um, was the founder of Ballet Russe Mm -hmm. from uh, 1909 to 1929, which was a traveling ballet company throughout Europe and North and South America, and he was not a dancer. He was a critic and a lover of the arts, and he was the impresario of the company. So he would bring the best Russian ballet performers that he could find, and he would bring them on tour, and they would go around different places, and at the end of it, they would go back to what they were going to do. So he eventually, like, Made a base for his operations in Monte Carlo, so he could establish his company and then have all of these incredible Russian dancers come and work for him. He also is known for being extremely demanding, and he would dismiss his artists if they got married, and he dismissed his own lovers when they got married because he happened to uh, he he was a, a an out and proud homo- like gay man. Who uh, would have relationships with his dancers quite often, but when those men would get married, he would fly into a rage and um, and kick them out of the company, which was pretty bad. Uh, Balanchine also did very similar things, where he wouldn't allow his dancers to have boyfriends or husbands, and if they did, they had to leave them at the stage door, and they weren't allowed to come see them perform. Uh, it that's actually a very common thing in uh, in th- this dance world that they're showcasing that they would be incredibly controlling over, especially their female performers. I mean, ballet is pretty misogynistic when it comes to to female presenting ballerinas. it's it's a really difficult lifestyle. It's hard. I, I do I love it? Yes, I love ballet. There are so many issues in it. and there there have been from the beginning, I mean, if we were to go back to um, the 19th century, uh, in the 19th century, this I found this out too. Sorry to go on a tangent. I apologize. No, I just found out a, a lot about it. I got to go down to misogyny in the red shoes. Um, so in the 19th century in opera houses, um, the backstage area was genuinely used as a men's club for the wealthy subscribers. So the ballet, the ballerinas were told that you have to submit to the subscribers' affections, and they were basically turned into courtesans. So, it. Have you ever seen? This has been happening for a very long
1: time. Have you seen Topsy Turvy, the the Mike Lee film about Gilbert and Sullivan?
0: No, I haven't.
1: It's a tremendous film. There's a little bit of that in that, which is, of course, it's not ballet. It's it's early you know musical theater operettas, but it's it's very thing, very though. similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: yeah same thing still let's those young girls let's go ahead and just uh get them out there for those wealthy donors right
1: and so and and while while the the love story and and don't get me wrong, I do think that it well I don't think it's a, a, a an out and out miss. I do think that waiting so long to present Julian and Vicky as a couple um it does it does obviously in pa kind of what you've said, like it, it we don't see them fall in love. But I also don't mind that. I and I think it, it, trying to watch this as as a pseudo fairy tale, because it, this movie isn't necessarily realism. Um Oh no. Um yeah. there and there was a great and, and to kinda of go back to some of the performances, I it was in this is in a stupid hoity torty film analysis book that I have. Um <laughs> There was this phrase that I read, and I, it stuck with me. This, and then the second time I watched it, it really kind of um, it, it, it was sort of with me as I was going through. And the line was that the, the that Powell and Pressburger were going for authenticity, not to be confused with realism. And and so those per, like the performances of the dancers, which they're not actors, and it's in their non-dancing performances, like like Leonid Messine is not great. He's not a great actor, but he's kind of perfect. In a caricatured kind of way, and if this was, if this was like Streetcar Named Desire, I'm sorry, you're out. You're not getting cast in this show. But being kind of what it was, um, I thought they worked. I, I I thought everybody worked really well in the the roles that they were were given.
0: I feel like, for me, I I agree. I I, I think all the dancing performances, like all the dancers who were at. Turned actors. Their performances were great. I believed them. I was in their world throughout the whole thing. For me, I they needed to build the Julian uh, Vicky relationship earlier, or they needed to cut that completely and just allow her to be an artist who's pushed too far. Because that's a true thing that happens in in this industry, right? And I mean, Adam, you can attest to being in any type of art form is it breaks you it's so difficult you go through so many things you push yourself so far and too hard and i just would have preferred to watch that at the end rather than two men basically pushing her over the edge instead of, be, a lot of reviews i read you know talked about her being unable to make the choice and, and flinging herself over the edge because she she was so distraught by that but that just didn't ring true to me. It was two men pushing her over the edge. And, and I found that really offensive. <laughs> and I, I, I would have preferred if they had just cut the love story out of it completely and allowed her to just kind of be pushed too far by her own art.
1: That, and that's it's I clear. And I, I hate to sound so fucking obvious cl- with, with a line like clearly a sign of the times. But today I did watch another movie that was up for best picture this year. Uh, 1948. It's called the Snake Pit. The Snake Pit is also in the book, and I'm I'm not gonna go too long on this, but the Snake Pit is basically about a woman who is in a, a a psychiatric ward. Probably not what they called it in the movie, and we're trying to. She's had a mental breakdown, as they call it, and we're trying to figure out why. And uh, they never use the word hysterics or hysterical, but they imply it a lot. And it takes men doctors to sort of help get her to what she needs to realize. And it's, it's, and and so and I've got so I've got these two movies in my hands. Right, I I watched The Snake Pit, and Olivia De Havilland gives a really good performance in it. But the movie itself, I felt like just didn't work. It's dated, obviously, terminology and the way things would have been handled way fucking different. I mean, she she gets electro (laughs) she gets electroshock therapy in the movie. It's like that's that's no but the and and maybe and i obviously i'm a i'm a dude but i think the reason why i liked what what how it goes is because these overbearing men are forcing her to make a decision and while it while it probably and i'm i don't want to speak for you i well like but i could see it as offensive i also feel like that's f- kind of fucking how it happens sometimes it's just like no, do this. No, do that. And what the fuck am I? And now I do think that the it's a quite an incredible leap the the going over no pun intended of going over the uh, the the cliff there with it the train. Comes out of nowhere. But I also don't I I don't not buy it either. And I think I think that I I I appreciate it for this might sound weird for like a somewhat honest way of thinking about how young women would have been forced at that time cuz even cuz i think we're supposed to see Julian Craster as like a good guy but even he is like no nah, you're leaving it's like oh well what hap- what what happened there be come on be nice
0: <laughs> i can i can see where you're coming from and i totally agree um that that it, that is how it would be i mean most women weren't able to do anything without their husband's approval um and it's that's still true to this day i mean i think we like to to think that there's so much equality going around, and yet I feel like during the pandemic, more often than not, it was uh, women who ended up giving up their jobs in order to stay home with their children. Uh, it, it's still happening today, right? That that <laughs> that women aren't necessarily allowed to have the same opportunities that that men would have, and. I do think that it's probably a pretty ob- like a pretty accurate portrayal of, of at this time she would have two men pushing her to do something. I just didn't like it. I just really didn't like it. It it rubbed me the wrong way. I and it's probably my my feminist wiles coming in there and just not allowing me to to embrace the movie at the t- where it was at the time. It just th- there was something about it that that made me really sad and it it made me uncomfortable with where the movie ended up
2: you know, I, I said earlier, it feels just very of its time. And I think this is what I'm talking about. Like the the older rich guy who's, you know, her aunt would love to marry. And then the creative guy that she has more in common with. But we never see really those relationships build. What do we see it with Lamentov? He sees her and Cass, uh, Julian fighting before the first show. And he loves it. But then later on he sees them laughing. And he's mad. And we just like, oh, I guess he cares about her now is what they want from us. And with Julian, it's just kind of there. So at the end, it just feels... I don't know, because I do feel like Vicky's a good character and deserves better.
0: I will say that I think that ending scene is great. I loved the scene between the three of them in the, in, in the dressing room. I, I actually really liked that scene, uh, even though it pissed me off. I just wish that we had more evidence for it throughout the whole film. If we we're going to go that route, I wish we just had a little bit more of it. I don't think the dialogue is the strongest part of this film. I think that the strongest part of this film was the choreography, the the set design, pretty much everything else around it. The the, the script. Made but you it to could me. show
2: relationships with you could show the evolution of relationships with those things. And I don't yeah. think, uh, you know, I don't think they did that to kind of get to the stakes of the end. Yeah. And I think that's where I really struggled, where it's just, uses you know, Vicky's good. Vicky's, you know, potentially all time dancer, right? But then, up, oh, just two dudes get in the way—the really rich guy and the future really rich guy. So it was just, it just didn't. I just didn't believe it more than just these are the words that they were saying and the actions we're doing. I wasn't all in, which is what I think you needed to do to be fully into into the the payoff.
0: I just wanted Vicky to be able to dance. And Julian to be able to write music too. Why did she have to stop dancing? Why did he say, "Come on, let's let's leave"? You know, it just made me sad for her.
1: I don't know. I, I see, and I, 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 and personally, as like, as storytelling goes, I thought it was a fun change of pace to not see the courting. In fact, that that actually, in the second viewing, pulled me in more because we get so caught up in the montage. Of people saying good night to Lermontov after the successful performance of the Red Shoes, obviously Vicky is doing. She's the lead of every single show that they're doing, and she's becoming a star. And everybody says good night, and they're, they're making money hand over fist. And then we get this thing where it looks like Vicky's coming down, and they try to catch her. And I assume when Lermontov goes to the 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 um. The dinner for um uh for ah uh, what is his name I, I know Messine is his name in the in real life what is his name in the movie uh uh Lubav. um Grisha um it's his birthday and they're, they're celebrating and then when when Julian and Vicky weren't there I was like oh okay and then the first time I watched it I was definitely like this seemed to come out of nowhere and don't get me wrong it fucking does it absolutely comes out yes. of nowhere. But then, when we see them in the back of the carriage and they're having this sweet moment, sure, it comes out of nowhere. But I, I do buy it. I do really enjoy it. And until we see uh, Julian come back, not be there for the opening night of his show and basically crash this revival of the Red Shoes, I, I, I I'm. I feel – I don't feel like she's been pulled out of anything yet. It doesn't feel – from where I'm sitting, it feels like she is still trying to dance and he is still trying to write and he does – yes, yes, he does have this – This uh, I'm not sure if it's an opera or a ballet that he's opening, but he's got this. I believe it's an opera.
0: Right.
2: It's always an opera. He said early on.
1: And so that's that is coming to fruition. And maybe this is me just putting on my own like very 2022 lens of like how my wife and I work. But we are very much of a of a mind where it's like, okay, sometimes one of us takes the forefront with what we're doing in life. Right. And so somebody like cool. And and we have kids. It's a little different. But it's like, yeah, okay, so now I'll got I'll get the kids while you do this thing over here. And then we kind of switch and then you've got them. And I know they don't have kids, and I know it's a different time, but like there was just something about watching them where I felt like they could have made it work. And the fatal flaw is Julian having the reaction that he does. Now, yes, maybe they could have had a great conversation where Vicky goes, hey, I was approached by Lermontov about stepping back in and doing the red shoes. That clearly doesn't happen, and, um, and then the, the, the events happen the way that they do. But on the second watch today, everything worked better for me. And I, I didn't mind not seeing the courting because I feel like that's we get that a lot. I've seen a lot of movies where we can see the courting. And we and we can see them not get along and then them get along and then them fight and then they break away and then they come back together. And there are whole movies based around that concept. But I what I like about this is that we do get like 30 minutes of this is how kind of the the world works and here's what's going on. And then we get 20 minutes of a ballet. And then there's still all of this movie left. And the first time I watched it, I thought it's it's too long. And sure, they could probably could cut some stuff out. But the second viewing really, really grounded me into the world of it.
2: So, the first viewing, I, it didn't bother me as much. The second viewing at that birthday dinner, when Lermontov realizes they're not there, that's when I'm like, oh, this isn't deserved. That's when it got to me more, but... This movie, I think, changes so. Dr- like, I think from the beginning of this movie through the ballet, is a really good movie. I think post ballet is where I, 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 am left wanting.
0: That's what like I think the beginning
2: of this, like, like I really like the way it's set up. I really like the way Vicky kind of steps up. But again, it's all I want. I just want to be with Vicky more. Like, I don't know that I care about Julian, and I don't think they did any reason for me to care about him. He had, you know. Uh, Lermontov had the great line with him. Um, it's more disheartening to have to steal than to be stolen from. Like, I love that. And I was like, oh, good, I'm going to care about these two guys. I just wanted to be with Vicky Moore.
0: That line pissed me off so much. Oh, sorry, I just hit my microphone, so I'll say that again. Uh, that line pissed me off because... To have something—I mean, everybody steals, right? Every, everybody borrows in our industry to uh, uh, things that they see and they try to enhance, and they call it an homage and whatever. But he was literally stolen from, and Lermontov not only not only realized he had talent, but realized that he could manipulate him and force him to work for him. Like
2: it's back he, to the power. He's like, "Oh, this we did steal oh. it." So this super successful things because of this guy, all right, instead of actually dealing, with him, I'm just going to pay him to shut up. Goes I back to Adam's
0: that, accurate PowerPoint. Yeah, no, I Adam, I think you're like spot on with that Lermontov uh, discussion. That I didn't make that connection whatsoever. And uh, as soon as you started saying it, I was like, "Oh fuck, yeah, no, that's so true." I yeah, I don't I don't know much else to say about that except don't steal people's shit and use it as your own.
2: And his friends all noticing. Like, I, I don't know the musical word, but they're like, oh, that's your fugue, or that's your this or whatever. Like I the friends it was so, Rhapsody. Yeah, sure. You're probably right. But the fact that like his friends know, it wasn't just him working like isolated with his teacher. Like this was much bigger. Like everybody knew, so it was just blatant theft.
1: Well, and like I did, they were the, so... the,
2: the, the scene of all the students rushing in was awesome. But anyway. <laughs> no, sorry, no,
1: I was like, and he was so excited to see his professor conduct.
2: I was like this fucking schmo stole my music yeah I, I thought that was, and I again I was like oh my god like I, I you know because, uh, even the way Julian laid down and saved the seats and like the rushing in like that was a real thing for students to like open shows I thought that was awesome and I really thought we were gonna care about Julian I didn't and I think that's a bummer I think it's a missed opportunity for this movie
0: I do have a quick question about that how did you both feel about them eating sandwiches in a theater because i found that to be very disturbing um don't eat a sandwich in a theater personally
1: that wasn't my biggest nitpick of theater etiquette and actually my nitpick comes on the other side of the curtains now i have never been in a ballet so this might be a little bit different but it's opening night of the red shoes and the overture is happening and people are having full-fledged conversations and dancing behind the curtain listen if the overture is plain and you're not ready to go, you're fucked. Just don't He's even screwed. do the show. Don't do it.
0: I loved when he was like, the red shoes, they're <laughs> gone. I was like, excuse me? Nobody checked the prop?
2: <laughs> what? There was no sense of urgency as it was starting. It's just, I'm like, is this the overture? And then they're all just hanging out. Lermontov's walking around casually. I'm like, why aren't you watching your show, bro?
0: Yeah, that that etiquette. And also, I, I found that it was pretty funny. Uh, there were multiple times where you could see people in the wings during the um, swan lake and i was like unless they're getting ready to come on right this second they should not be in those wings they're going to get smacked in the face when someone walks off i mean that is etiquette 101 you you're not in the wings unless you are about to go on because people are running off those running out through those wings constantly
1: I, I mean, I yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm not a bad. <laughs> but you know, that that's something that just that, that 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 you know, Moira didn't want because of all you know things just like that. That's what she was concerned with.
0: Well, and actually, she didn't even she tried to restart her dance career, but ended up a, not abandoning it. But she she ended up just trying to do more film instead because. It didn't really work out to go back. She was not in the the same condition as she was when she first started the Red Shoes, because as she said, when you're doing ballet, you have to condition constantly. It is some of the most, uh, they are some of the most incredible athletes I've ever seen, dancers, uh, especially ballerinas. But you have to continually practice. And if you don't, you can lose months of work from just, you know, missing a, a, you know, a, a few rehearsals you know it's it's it, you have to be on top of it constantly and there was no way that she could do that while she was in this movie there was it was too demanding and so she ended up quitting and and doing acting for a while and then when the acting roles dried up she focused on her family which is great and she said that was my primary focus anyways I didn't, you know, really need to continue doing this because I had a, a wonderful family at home. And that's, that's awesome. But it still makes me sad that the one thing she was worried about in doing this film was losing ballet. And she kind of did through this film, even though this is lauded as such an incredible ballet film, which I agree. It, I mean, it is the movie that put that brought ballet to, to cinema, right? But, but at what cost for her?
2: Life imitating art, imitating life, the whole roundaboutness of it yeah she didn't have a huge acting career but i do you know i think peeping tom's a very significant movie and i think she's really good in it
0: she's great in peeping tom
1: oh my god this is so funny i hated her in peeping tom (laughs) really (laughs) oh
2: jesus (laughs) christ Uh,
0: we all just have very very different tastes in movies
2: uh, Oh fuck a duck well apparently i do like peeping tom is it do you like Peeping Tomism? You don't.
1: Uh, I did not. I di- I said it should not be in the book when we covered it on the show.
2: Okay. Interesting.
1: Yeah.
0: I I like so it.
1: That's where, that's where
0: I'm at with <laughs> Peeping Tom. You must be so annoyed with us right now, Adam. You're like no, no. I'm
1: I'm definitely not annoyed. Um, and unlike the lighthouse where I was jet lagged and like I'm just losing this argument. I definitely, I the second watch on on this. I don't. It's so funny because I definitely all of your all of your post dance criticisms are totally spot on. I don't disagree with any of them. I think the for me the drop off is minimal. Versus where I feel like, at least for Joey, the way that you were kind of describing, it, it seems like it's more of like a, and I, and I, I stop kind of caring about drop some for of the characters. Yeah. Um, which is, I, I, I just don't have as much of, uh, it's there. Don't get me wrong. It definitely, the pace slows down tremendously, uh, especially like post birthday party. Cause we do have, we do have a kind of a fairly fun montage where we still see some clips of some other ballets, but once the love the 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 julian vicky love has been revealed it definitely slows down that i mean it 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 does there's no <laughs> there's no way around it um but yeah the drop off wasn't as severe for me
2: and i think that's kind of where where it matters because for me it was so much and then because i love the last visual of the spotlight in place of her like i think that's beautiful and so well done just don't know that it's deserved because of everything else and the drop-off. So I, I, that's where I really struggled. And the second time, I really had a hard time with it because I'm watching. I'm like, I, I love this visually. I love what this is doing, but I don't know if it's, I don't know if I feel like it It, it, it fully worked and was, or was earned.
0: There are so many moments that I loved in this film. Mostly around the dancing, like the montage of her going through Coppelia and doing all of these incredible roles. That whole montage was beautiful and I loved it. Every time we were dancing, I was happy. Even when it was just like rehearsals for dancing. Like I like the the little moment between her and Julian. One of the only moments that I really thought like, "Oh, this is cute," where they were arguing about the tempo. I really oh, liked that. Night. Yes, I really really liked that because it showed her as this like f- headstrong and it gave her agency dancer. and how
2: like yeah, it gave her agency and that she wants that like, you know she's a part of the performance, yes. not just like a piece of it.
0: Exactly. Well, and it shows how headstrong he is and, and also that he can understand, oh, maybe I'm not right in every situation. And I, I really liked their confrontation and then him coming in and saying, you can choose the tempo. Yeah. I, I I, loved that. I thought that was great and that was lovely. But then we just didn't get enough of that. I, I As soon as Lermontov fired them and they were gone from the company. For me, it just kind of plummeted at that point until we got back into the company. And maybe that was the point of it. Maybe we were supposed to feel kind of hopeless until we got back into the dressing room. But I'm not sure that outweighs... I'm not sure those moments that I loved outweighed how it dragged after the ballet for me.
2: I I think if they built better off that 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 tempo conflict i think i believe it more but i i just think that was that was that was like the whole setup
0: well they did have that really cute scene um over the balcony that she's going to throw herself over at the end that's the two of them where he said oh i thought you were supposed to be resting that was cute too i liked that i just don't really like julian i think maybe that's it maybe it's just i don't like julian
1: uh uh marius Goring plays a very funny old Frenchman in A Matter of Life and Death. He's a very, very different character. And and I should say, Powell and Pressburg are using a lot of uh, regulars, both both behind and in front of the camera on, on this film, and, and Goring being one of them.
0: His interviews um, throughout the commentary were lovely. I thought he was so charming in his interviews, like when he was talking about being a conductor and having to figure out what a conductor would say to uh, his musicians. All of that was lovely. And I thought, oh, I like the behind the scenes more than watching the movie. Because <laughs> I, I loved watching it with the commentary. Loved that.
2: Him talking about learning about being a conductor was really cool. And I was, ha- you know, I was happy how much work he put in. But I, I, ultimately, I was so let down by the character. Like, I appreciate what the actor did. I, I, and I think, you know, he worked hard. And, and that's great. But I just did not care about him. Felt tough.
1: Well, I think you're both fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
0: that's why fair, we got to talk this through. I think, I think that mean, my sister is going to agree with you. I think she's going to listen to this episode and call me up and tell me that I'm an idiot and that I was lying because apparently we watched this movie a lot when we were kids.
2: That's so funny. I love that's that. That's awesome. That
1: I mean, that's no just idea. impressive. I was just watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on fucking repeat when I was a kid, so...
0: When we were kids, we would watch um, all of the old movies with my grandpa- with, with my grandma and with my mom. So we grew up on um, Shirley Temple movies. Uh, Roman Holiday is one of our favorites. We've been watching it for years and years and years. Um, we love all of the old musicals, you know, Sound of Music, Oklahoma. I know it's so problematic, but my God, do I love Oklahoma. Um, it, it basically, we... we watched tons of movies from this time and this one I just don't remember I remember dancing as if we had red shoes I remember like painting old shoes red and it must have come from this but I I have no recollection of this movie whatsoever
1: I on the rewatch today I didn't take any notes except for the ballet and I added an entire page to my notes just on the ballet I mean it's just it's just magnificent. It's just magnificent. And there's too many moments to, there's too many moments to shout out the, the Leonie dancing just by himself and making the the shoes move, the slow oh, motion, the oh. dancing with the newspaper man and the cutting. Um, I do like that. We do get, and you mentioned earlier, Brittany, the um, um seeing it from the dancer's mind that when she sees the, I don't, i'm i not sure what the character's name was in the ballet but the boyfriend character within the ballet and it switches it switches at one point to lermontov and then it switches to uh to julian um the first time watching it because at that point in the movie we don't uh the the julian stuff hasn't been revealed yet but i remember thinking like wow that's what is she, like is this really what's going through her her like was this what she's thinking about or is this what's coming up um And then, and then again, I I think on the rewatch, I found that to be way more rewarding The like the little bits and then him being so crap, Julian is so involved in the later parts of the dances. He does kind of slip in and out and... I, again that's where it's like I, I I I don't know. It's so funny. I do because and then you just mentioned Roman Holiday and so much of that movie is just like will they or won't they? Are they gonna get together or will they not? And look at this foreign setting, we're gonna ride Vespas, it's gonna be amazing. But like I really <laughs> like that this one chose not to focus so much on the, the courting period and and I really have tried to hard sell you on this movie, but like I really enjoyed the the lack of it. It to me, it was a it was a nice change of pace from from other other movies like it.
0: You know, as you're talking about this, <laughs> I can understand where you're coming from, and I, I as you you speak about this with such with such vigor. <laughs> Um, I feel like maybe I need to go back and rewatch this movie again, uh, to make a decision. Because do I like it? Do I not? I don't know. I think I was really focused on the obsession of the dancer before. And 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 I guess that we might be able to even say it this way. Maybe it's during the dance itself that Julian becomes a focal point because she's finally allowing herself. The opportunity to think of something other than dance. That's why he's coming into this part, right? You know, because it's her psyche that we're seeing. That's why when she's dancing, you see the waves crashing all around. I mean, every, all of the imagery in that is stunning. The only part that I really don't like is when they turn into clouds. <laughs> I was like, we don't need that. Like, we don't need that. They look so pretty. Just let them have their lines. Like, I, I, I'd i rather see their lines than see the clouds. Uh, but, but maybe... What the movie was trying to do was show us that she's starting to think of things outside of dance. Maybe that's what, what it's trying to get to. And if that's the case, then maybe that's why everything with Julian didn't come until later. I'm just, this is not something that I've researched or thought about before. No, I'm just spitballing I, right here. I love
2: that. The, 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 the dance is, is perfect. Um, it's
0: what, incredible.
2: It was just, it's mesmerizing. And it tells such a, just a wonderful, wonderful story. It, it had me in the entire time. And I, you know, I, like I threw that on YouTube a couple of times extra just to, you know, for, for a 20, you know, what is this movie, about two hours and 13 minutes, for 20 minutes of it to be one ballet, and I, well, and I think this movie could have been cut down a little bit, but I also, if they had a ton of the ballet, I wouldn't have been upset.
0: Well... I wanted more of the ballet and hearing more uh, a talk about filming the ballet, it sounded awful because as as a dancer and, uh, and as a theater performer, when you're doing a show, you don't start at 100, right? You kind of build up and up to, to the climax of it. You can't start with the You start with an amount of energy, but you feed off each other. You feed off the audience. You feed off the people around you. So, it's hard to have the correct energy level you're supposed to have when you're just doing snippets of things. And as far as what she said, she said it was incredibly difficult because they never ran the whole thing through. You might get a minute and a half of dancing, and that was it. But she she said she never found her momentum while she was going through it. I don't think that's obvious from what I At saw. All. Yeah, I think man. She's incredible, I, I, and and you could have told
2: me they did this in one take, and I would I think it, the chemistry's there. I believe every second of it. I, and when I was reading that, I was like, that that doesn't make sense. <laughs> like was, they 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 pushed through that so well.
0: Well, and also the fact that they were dancing on concrete, which I read a couple places where people were like, oh, she did you know tours. She was used to dancing on concrete, so she's just you know being a brat not not in those terms probably nicer but basically what they were saying and I was like no 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 when you're used to normal dance spring floors and you then have to dance on concrete that's huge as a dancer you're already putting so much stress on your body to then have to do six weeks of dancing on concrete that's that's a big deal that that's a lot of pressure and I mean I was never a fantastic ballerina I'm going to be honest, I thought I was great. I was not as good as I thought I was. And but I had a lot of personality, which is why I went into musical theater, because that personality go- is great in a chorus line. But um, but I still like I have injuries as a 33 year old woman, I have injuries from dancing, I have arthritis in my toes. I have a an ankle that when the wind, or when it's really, really cold, it starts to seize up. I have a foot that does the same thing, and my hip is so tight because I used to dance ballet, and that was just between the ages of like three and eighteen. It does a number on your body. So when she was saying, "Yeah, dancing on concrete's really hard," I was like, "No, girl, I, I feel you." That's who what what she did going through that to have this incredible performance. I I love it. I love her. I think she is star. If I could say she was my unsung hero, I would. But she's pretty heralded for this film. So she can't be. (laughs) But man.
1: Who is your unsung hero?
0: Irina. I thought she was absolutely lovely. And I actually wanted so much more of her on screen. I thought she was a light. uh, And I I just wish that... She was like a great counter to Vicky because I found Vicky very, very demure and very quiet. So I would have really liked to see the two of them in more scenes together. But I really liked her when she was on, like when she came in and was dramatic and, you know, was so dramatic. I was like, stop, stop. I have to tell everyone I'm getting married. I was like, oh, girl, I just love you. You're so extra. Get it. Um, I really liked her. I was going to say the red shoes were my my unsung hero. But like those are also very lauded this, this one was hard with Unsung Heroes. I don't know how you two felt, but like everything in this movie, everyone like holds to such a high standard. It was kind of difficult to find something that was unsung.
2: Joey, what'd you do? So, f- for me, I went with the Hans Christian Andersen fairy tale, because I didn't know it. And I ended up spending a whole lot of time reading about it, and it's a fairy tale that I'm absolutely in love with now, and you know, I, I think, well, I, I also had trouble because I was like, oh, I wanted to give the score. I like, can't really give it to the score. You can't, uh, uh. So, yeah, I went with Hans Christian Andersen in the original fairy tale that this was all based off because I think it's such a cool and unique story that they adapted with the ballet wonderfully.
1: Well, I, I am going to give The Unsung Hero uh, to somebody that did receive uh, an Academy Award nomination for this movie, Um but I'm giving it to Reginald Mills for the editing. Um, and, and and I think I I definitely give it to him more so after. Uh, did either of you happen to rewatch Black Swan in this last week? Yeah, I did. So I I lost a lot of affection for that movie after having watched this. Um, oh, I like it a lot more. After this. There was some blatant. <laughs> it stole so much. I mean, there, even even so much from the like the tapping. Of the girls and being like, okay, you don't come. But everybody who I didn't tap, you're you're it's like ah, you, come on. Um but the visual like um the visuals have aged terribly on Black Swan. Um and I don't think it's edited that well. And uh I don't know. I right, Reginald Mills, I liked it. I like what he did.
0: Speaking of um Black Swan stealing from everything, to go on a little tangent, have either of you watched Perfect Blue?
1: No what's that no. that's a is that an anime?
0: Oh yeah, it's by Satoshi Khan who is one an incredible director who died far before his time. He only left behind a few things. but the things he did leave behind are um, stolen quite often. let's be real. Perfect Blue was a movie that Darren Aronofsky bought the rights to so that he could use a, one specific scene from it in um, in uh, Requiem for a Dream. And it's where she's screaming in the tub. That's from this film, uh, Perfect Blue. And it follows a girl named Mina, who is a pop star, who has decided she wants to become an actor instead. And she starts to kind of break under the pressure of trying to become an actor. And she starts to... Her reality... You don't know what's true, what's reality, and what's fiction. And the way that it is... um, the way that it's set up is incredible. It's beautiful. I rewatched the movie again this week. Surprising, surprising, Um, because I wanted to watch a movie about an artist who is tortured, who um, is losing their sanity or maybe not losing their sanity. You don't quite know. And it's it's Black Swan. Like Aronofsky just took the story of Perfect Blue um, and turned it into Black Swan. Do I love Black Swan? Absolutely. But I wish that he had gone the way of Suspiria to say, hey, this is a remake. Even if it's not completely the same, it it absolutely is a remake of an already existing property. Because um, Perfect Blue is a pretty incredible film and I think everybody should watch it. Anyways, off my high horse. Powell stated when he was talking about this film that this film is about dying for art and that art is worth dying for. And do you think that this film expressed that sentiment?
1: Uh, so I, I I read that same quote, um, and uh, there was another quote that that was very similar to it that I thought was uh, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, this is all good. This is all good. We'll cut all this shit. Um, <laughs> Because he also said, he also said, it was it was 1947. A great war was over, and a great danger to the whole world had been eliminated. The message of the film was art; nothing mattered but art. And then he also said, we had all been told for ten years to go out and die for freedom and democracy, and now the war was over. The red shoes told us to go and die for art, um, and and I think there's a real. Um, Something else I read about Pal and Pressburger was that they tried to they tried to make movies about where the world would be when they were finally released. Um and so they were making a matter of life and death, I think as World War II was just coming to a close. And so they were making this movie about uniting nations, kind of. And that's the some of the characters in A Matter of Life and Death are real representative of entire nations. Um and that's sort of kind of what the movie's going for. So do, I mean, do I think that that's a big statement to make? Yeah, I do. And do I think it's perfectly executed in the red shoes? No. Um, but I do, I do see it. And despite, I mean, despite the fact that it's obvious that Vicky leaps off at the end of the movie, um, watching people in various, various ways of passion for the art does come through and, and the way in which it's sort of, uh weighs on them, doesn't weigh on them, do they have the position of power to actually keep doing their art? Um I do think it's I do think that that's there.
2: Yeah, I, I think I, I think that it's there. I think that not to keep belaboring, but I think if this movie fully focused on Vicky they would have really gotten there. Um but I, I do because I, I you know I think Julian is passionate. Vicky's very passionate, and driven. Lemaitre, L- L- whether you know whatever drives him is powerful. But like, there's people creating things. Like, I, I, I think it's there. I don't think that's a. I don't think that's a you know irrelevant statement.
0: I don't think it's irrelevant. I just wasn't sure that I I saw it embodied as much as I would have liked in this film. But, but I feel like I'm being pulled over potentially to the other side at this point um I came in here very unsure of what I was gonna do uh now I'm now I'm kind of looking at things a little bit differently maybe a little bit more positively well and
1: there there Um, are some moments where I feel like they they I felt like Pal and Pressburger are almost trying to beat us over the head with it the um what uh why do you live? Why do you want to dance? Why do you want to live? Like we get that real early on, like this real, like, yeah, like I'm dancing because I, I know nothing else. Right. I, if I don't dance, I cease to, to exist. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's a real, like, <laughs> that's a real, like young person artist. Like, yeah. Cause if I'm not doing it, I'm going to die. And like, and some of those people are, are really good at what they do. And like, that is it, They live, sleep, they breathe it, you know, it's not far from the truth. Um, So, and that's where I get, I I have like real mixed feelings about the, um, the, uh, the high society nature of Vicky, and it's hard to know. But then there's I, there, a really small detail that I, uh, Brittany, I'm assuming, I'm hoping that you caught was that she's who's the first one in the the studio the next day after the opening of the red shoes. Oh, it's Vicky. fucking Vicky. So it's
0: Vicky. Of course it does. It is. There
1: are things that reinforce it. They're not huge, and again, that's kind of what I like is that we do get. She's the first one in there the next day. She she should she could easily be the last one after after that performance, but no, she's the first one in there and I of course she is
0: no and I I liked that and I liked the moment that she had with um both the men how you know she was in there and they came in just to just to congratulate her and it, it felt just like such a camaraderie between the three of them. I really loved it. Uh, she had some funny things to say about them on the on the commentary. I was like, "Whoa, you are a little bit snarky, lady." My goodness, being like, "Oh, they're dancing not that great." The choreography, well, it spoke for itself. And I was like, "My God, Moira!"
1: Well, they actually said that uh, was it. Robert Helpman um, that he wasn't uh, the strongest dancer
0: no but he was a very well known dancer
1: yeah yeah and
0: uh, both of them were well, and, I, and
1: it's i i i wasn't sure if it would come back or not but um uh Messine was one of diagolev's last discoveries
0: he was he uh, actually when he found out that he was sleeping with one of the women he tossed him out <laughs>
1: uh, yeah
0: so great <laughs> you know that's not a toxic work environment at all jesus christ um, i know okay. I mean, but, but that's ballet, right? Ballet is kind of known for its toxicity. Uh, You look back, there are so many scandals with it. So many, you know, it it is seen as such like a highbrow, high society thing. But with the Bolshoi in 2015, I'm not sure if either of you came across this. um, One of the, well, not one, a couple of the like, big dancers threw acid in the face of the artistic director because uh, he wasn't giving a uh, role the the this lady the roles that she deserved it's it's kind of bonkers I mean there are so many cases of um, directors who step down due to sexual harassment there's uh, they used to have weigh-ins and fat talks with people because of the ballet aesthetic that they were trying to build because from basically from like the the 50 you know I think it began in the French courts in like the 1500s 1600s and um, from that time when they started writing down the moves and stuff they would say things like oh well you have to be beautiful to be great at ballet which is just so so toxic and so horrific, but then it was really um, Balanchine was known for telling people that he wanted to see their bones, um, so so like toxicity within dance has been there for a very long time. <laughs> Just another one of those fun tidbits I got for you all. Well, no,
1: no, no I, I mean that's it's it's true, and it's and it's one of those things where, and I think what um, and this movie doesn't really go go there, but it it's this idea of like it's mixing I, I'm trying to think of the other word. mixing beauty with what's I can't it's not training but like the beauty has nothing to do with the dancing but that the dancing is such an athletic think maybe that was what I was going for that like that you there is a, a, a certain amount of skill you have to have to do it but then and then oh, but yeah. then the skill the skill slash weight thing that that's where it, like that's where shit gets real blurry and like it it's not like you have to like the seeing your bones doesn't mean like if if I can't see your bones doesn't mean that you can't dance. And obviously this is like real redundant, but like it's, it's that's, that's where the, it gets fucked up.
0: Oh, it absolutely does. And it, I mean, even Misty Copeland, who is an incredible dancer and she's incredibly strong. She doesn't have the, and I'm doing quotations, everyone, the build of a dancer. So she, she's considered a strong dancer, but she doesn't look the silhouette of one. And it's like, we shouldn't have a fucking silhouette for them. They're, they're athletes. They're incredible. What they do is harder than what most people will do. Like it's, it's ballet training is so difficult and so tough. Can we not try to force them into a tiny like box of this aesthetic that was once pleasing to, you know, old men who, who wanted to look at women who might look younger than they should like it's it's really gross the whole thing the whole thing is really gross yeah. I still love that well it's just unfortunate and that I go see it multiple times a year
1: and that it, but and but the 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 gross side of it is also part of what I I think it's it's necessary to have in the movie and maybe what's the like Again, and, I, and I'm I again, I, Brittany. You know this. Like I'm, I'm theater. I ba- ballet and dance is not my world, but I do what I like is and what i think is that it tries to give us a full scope of the the world as much as possible the touring backstage what like the the cattiness or what it was i mean I, I, there there are so many parts of this world that i'm i'm unaware of because I, I was never a dancer but there are parts that i i you know what it means to be backstage and what it is to have those friendships or or god forbid tips with people you know like it it, it I, and i think the the toxicity while of course fucking awful is a part of it. And I I'm I guess I'm glad they showed it because I I didn't it's it's to to steal a word I've already said. It's authentic to the world.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I, I almost wish they I guess they they go kind of as far as they can since um she ends up throwing herself in like onto the train tracks because of the pressure that's put on her by by Lermontov and by Julian. So so I guess it it is Shown, I I think I needed a little bit more so that when she does that at the end, um, I felt like there was a build up to it. It it did feel very sudden and very like oh god oh well there she goes. Oh that's how we're ending this and I guess it's better than the you know the story where um they hack her feet off.
1: <laughs> I mean that would have been an ending.
0: Right right yeah. <laughs> she just like the the train just cut her feet off. <laughs> but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. How do you feel about the color red in this, y'all? Cause it's pretty intense.
1: I mean, it it, it is, and and even more so after the fucking restoration. Uh, it really pops on uh, on on a screen nowadays.
0: It it does, and I mean, I guess I understand. Red is such a common color in in life because it's used all the time. But but in in cinema, it's used as an accent color so often, um, and I, I just wonder—you know—it it was the first color that we ever used, right? Like seventy-five thousand years ago, and it is—it symbolizes so much for us, right? It symbolizes passion, anger, obsession, and it, I think it's—it's so—it works so well, especially in this movie when she puts on those red point shoes. It is a sight to behold and it's it's amazing to watch her technique as she goes through it and i do think it it symbolizes that like the life that she feels when she's dancing oh because that's what red is right it's life and it's death
1: yeah I, and i i think that the the storytelling through the dance as well and her her the way that that passion shifts just even within the 20 minutes of the dance uh from like the 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 um the new feeling of of that passion to like this is taking over and it's out of my control at the end of it is 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 great and she's just so and like this is not a knock oh yeah just she's also um she's so like she's so pale that the red almost stands even in more contrast to her just because yes. of. of I mean, yes, it's a white dress, but also she's just, she's just v- a very pale complexion. And so the red I, just pops even more in contrast to her.
0: Did you, um, did you catch the little snippet that Julian was talking about when uh, he got a telegram while working on another movie that was like it, where they were asking what color his hair was because they were worried it was going to overshadow Moira's hair. And he said, well, my hair's red. And they're like, you got to come right now. We need to see what color because it can't be this red and i just found that really cute and adorable i was like that's so funny that they were so concerned because they knew that was going to be such an accent color
1: well and and so in a matter of life and death they play a lot with uh what's in black and white and what's in technicolor and when you first meet him he's in black and white because he's already dead and then when he comes to the to the to earth he's wearing a like a bright green suit and and his hair it's it's pretty it's pretty orangey red i mean it definitely pops in that technicolor
0: that's so cool i love that do either of you have anything else you want to talk about
2: no i think i think i'm good
1: yeah i think i'm um pretty much there uh i I think it's so funny because we're also talking about treasure of the sierra madre this year um so we might have to do like a little sort of 1948 Oscars re-examination just because there's we're covering two, and yeah. outside of one of them, um, I, I've I've seen I haven't seen Johnny Belinda, whatever the fuck that movie's about. Um, <laughs> Johnny Belinda. Yeah, that's that's a that's Whoa. a movie that was made in 1948. Um, I I just want to just say uh, that Jack Jack Cardiff as a cinematographer, is amazing. I've only seen two of the Archer's films, but um, my God. Uh, and he was the leading guy in Technicolor uh, in Britain at the time. Um, and I definitely wanted to get, throw a little shade at, at An American in Paris because I'm <laughs> so sorry. That plotless. I don't care that movie has Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly couldn't save that movie.
2: Oh, but he did. No, he did not. <laughs> oh, I disagree. He, he, There's he, a thin he, plot and Leslie Karen is a terrible actress in it, but it's fine.
0: I don't know, Joey. I think I do have to agree with Adam on this. There's one. just I'm something not really a huge American in Paris. Fan. There's
1: just something so like the Red Shoes. It's a dance movie. It did really well, but fuck it at the Oscars. And then three years later, we'll give it to the lesser film because it's an
2: American in Paris. I just. <laughs> but I mean, they saw this and were pretty much like, "Oh, so we can do that? Okay, great."
0: Basically, I will say the dancing is beautiful in American in Paris. Gene Kelly's. I get yeah. drawn in by the dance, yeah. though. Drawn in by the <laughs> dance. Okay, well, I will say that my favorite shot of the whole thing is when Vicky is turning, doing her piques, and it's turning with her. I love it. I think it's great. I love being in her headspace. That was my favorite shot, since I I think that might be the only thing we haven't talked about.
1: I, I don't know if this really counts, uh, but I think... It, fuck, I don't even... I... I loved the the spotlight at the end and and that's I mine mean, too I, I mean i and I know that it's it's extended. it's not just a single shot, but that's just great, great storytelling that's great visual storytelling and i i fucking I dug it I dug it. I also really love the slow opening of the curtains at the start of the dance,
0: yeah, no, those were both very good, but i I love the symbol of the red shoes, so.
2: Yeah, the just the spotlight on her on where she was, I thought was just, oh, it, was, it was it was it was wonderful.
0: That was very poignant when he came out and said, you know, like we're gonna have a spotlight where she was supposed to be dancing. Oof. Though he felt like he was a little um, a little intense in that final monologue. I thought he could have pulled it back. A bit, <laughs> he was personally. He
2: was <laughs> a little bit.
0: Yeah, just a little bit. All right. Well. I mean, I had a couple things about like the obsession of artists and stuff, but I don't I think we've kind of covered all that, so we don't really need to go into it. Um are, are we ready? I don't know if I'm ready, but you both have to make your choice before me. So
1: That's fair. You're you're the so, you're the host so, of this one. You you set the order. I
0: know. Yeah. I know. Well, I I'm going to say um Hey Adam, do you think that this uh that, that this movie, the Red Shoes, should be in the book.
1: Um, so I'm I'm gonna say yes, um, but I, I there is a, there's a caveat to it, which is that I do think that the book we've talked about the book being uh, back end heavy, very 30s, 40s, 50s, um, and now have, having watched the Snake Pit today, I'm like we can some of these movies do not need to fucking be in this book. Um, and you know, Pal and Pressburger are in there about six times and. Now, I love a, a matter of life and death, and I, I will fight tooth and nail to keep that in the book. And I do really, really like the red shoes. I think this this is a conditional yes, because I, I now I need to, I want to see the rest of their stuff and see if we have like if we were to maybe reduce the amount of their films in the book, if these are the right ones and what would they be. But for now, I, I feel good about saying yes. I do think that the red shoes should be in the book.
0: Joey, what do you think?
2: So I ha- I have struggled with this um, because I think there's a, a lot to appreciate. I think there's you know a lot of people who have straight up stolen all the way to paid respects to this movie. But ultimately, I'm gonna say no. the, 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 rela- the second half in the relationships were just too not there for me for me to say yes.
0: I really struggled with this one um I I was trying to think of like should a movie be included purely based on its influence or should it be included specifically because of its technical um, achievements or from the dance sequence you know I, I went back and forth because I think this narrative is so thin and once the ballet is finished I I find it hard to continue watching so I did come with a replacement because I was very positive that I I, I was like okay I'm probably gonna say no I'm just gonna say that replacement was gonna be Perfect Blue by Satoshi Kon because it's so good but I actually think throughout this conversation I do think this film should be in the book if for nothing else it's it is a, a movie that brought ballet to the cinema, and even if I don't want to watch the rest of the film, that ballet sequence, that 20-minute ballet sequence is a masterpiece, and I think for that alone, it's worth watching, and And I think it should be included. Now, I could change my mind, and if I did, again, I've already said what I would replace it with because I came prepared, but... Uh, Adam, you got through to me this time. Were you sure that it was going to be a two-one split again, but with no. Joey and I on the same side? No,
2: I, I,
1: I, 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 and well, we gotta I, this movie, and I think next week's movie are movies. I think none of it, or no, I guess you had seen the Red Shoes, um,
0: apparently, yeah, uh,
1: many times. But I, I, I didn't. I truly didn't know. I, 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 I didn't think I'd be the high man necessarily. Is is where uh, I'll be. Uh, coming from on that one
2: <laughs> fair so so I, I have a replacement um a movie that I, I can't believe isn't in it isn't in the book um the tortured genius and goodwill hunting
0: that makes sense
2: so you know that's what i was thinking and you know i, I watch that movie a lot so I, I rewatched it again this week just because i love watching that movie but um you know i, I think that belongs in here
1: um I think that's fair funnily enough uh goodwill hunting was what I used to replace American graffiti when I was doing the uh the tribute to Eeid series.
2: Oh wow, that's really funny
0: It's a good pick.
1: full circle i i I also agree that should be in the book
0: yeah well, wonderful. thank you both for discussing the traumas of ballet with me as we discussed 1948's the red shoes hi what are we what are we going to be talking about next week
1: uh so i can tell you the title and uh who directed it it, it's called the leopard it's by lucino visconti (laughs) um uh it also on some recent sight and sound polls uh I, i i straight up have not uh seen this movie i've done next to no research on it it is going to be a an absolute first true watch um uh for anybody who any other criterion nerds out there the criterion comes <laughs> with uh the original very long version and a slightly shorter american version i know burt lancaster's in it that's another thing about the movie that i know um but uh it'll it'll be in visconti's in the book a lot um which is why uh i felt like he needed some some time to shine uh because he's in the book like six or seven times so uh, yeah the leopard an italian movie that also had some some france
2: backing on it
0: there's a book so i'll be reading it <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah i know nothing about this and in, in the book when i saw the picture i was like that's not what i expected this to be so i'm very interested going into it i can't wait
0: so I actually almost picked this movie purely from the title and the picture in the book. I was like, this looks great. Let's watch this. It was one that I had on my short list of like, I'd watch that just because of the name and the pick in the book.
1: That's amazing. That's pretty much why I did. That's so good.
0: Yeah. I, I was like, that. wow, look at those costumes.
2: A lot. Of, it looks costume heavy.
0: <laughs> it sure does. Well, uh, until next week, please follow us on our socials. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. And I am... thank you so much for listening to this episode of 1001 by 1. I am Brett Reinhold-Thompson.
2: I'm Joey Rogan, And I'm
1: Adam St. John.
0: Thank you, and have a great one.